Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. I had an awesome weekend. Hope yours was a little warmer than mine. It was kind of cold here in Nashville and in this area. Uh, fantastic, awesome show planned for you today. We're going to dive headfirst into this Donald Trump situation. We're not gonna review the NCAA tournament. I apologize to all you Steve Kim groupies out there and sycophants. There will be no Steve Kim this Monday. I apologize. Take it up with the Korean Cosell, not with me. Take it up with the news cycle. This Donald Trump situation and the possible indictment of the former president, I think is a topic uh, we can't avoid. And so we're gonna dive headfirst into it with uh, Royce White and TJ Moe. I've got a fire starter on it that's piping, piping hot. This is going to be a fantastic show on a very serious issue. Uh, so uh, buckle up and we're gonna have some fun and uh, provoke some thought here on this money. Before we get into Donald Trump, I want to explain to you all how you can get into better shape. Nugenics. Guys, feels like it's harder to get in shape and stay in shape. Our sponsor, Nugenics Total Tea, is offering a complimentary bottle when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword fearless. Getting older, it's a big adjustment. Trust me, I'm going through it. It gets hard to stay healthy. Uh, yesterday, I was at a church service where they had an after-church meal. I had to skip the meal because one of the preacher talked about Lent and fasting, and it just reminded me to double down on my health. And Nugenics is a part of me doubling down on my health. As men get older, our body naturally loses free testosterone. Uh, you know, it's kind of the alpha hormone. It happens to every man, so don't worry. However, you can do something about it. You can counter these neg negative physical effects by taking Nugenics Total T testosterone. Test uh, Nugenics has Testafin, which will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials, and Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Nugenics Total T can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Now go get you a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text FEARLESS to 231-231. That's free. All you got to do is text FEARLESS to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermal, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. What could be better than that? All you got to do is pick up your phone, FEARLESS to 231-231. Fearless to 231-231, and you can start, you know, look look how much better. I, we need to get before and after pictures of, you know, what I look like a year ago, what I look like today. You can get on that same program. 
make Nugenics part of your life. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. All right. Let's dig into a meaty, meaty topic, perhaps the most important topic we have addressed on this show in quite some time. It's timely. Uh, There are rumors that uh, President Trump will be arrested, handcuffed, charged uh, as early as Tuesday. That's what he suggested. Uh, So let me let me get into it. Uh, Like justice, the unrepentant thief, Donald Trump has pleaded to be taken down from the cross. Our former president complained on his signature social media platform, True Social, about the criminal charges the state of New York is expected to file against him this week. Trump tweeted, or truth, I think is what they call it, illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan district attorney's office. The far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of next week. Protest, take our nation back. They're killing our nation as we sit back and watch. We must save America. Protest, protest, protest. All right, there's little doubt the charges being formulated against Trump are politically motivated and far more persecution than legitimate prosecution. New York State Attorney Alvin Bragg plans to try Trump for violating tax laws related to a $130,000 payoff to porn star Stormy Daniels. For a multi-billionaire such as Trump, it's the equivalent of arresting a factory worker for falsely writing off a $13 McDonald's lunch. I want you to understand this. They're talking about $130,000 for a guy that's gotta be in the 50% tax bracket. And so, he may save $65,000 here. The guy's a multi-billionaire. $65,000 savings. That, again, that's like a $13, $20 savings for most of America. Do you really take that kind of risk? This is bogus. But what's happening to Trump, it's all rather biblical. Herod Antipas, Rome, Jewish leaders, and the people of Israel conspired to crucify Jesus Christ. Two thieves died with Jesus on Good Friday, Decimus and Justice, the good thief and the unrepentant thief. As modern secular elites eliminate Christianity from American culture, Donald Trump has cast himself as Jesus Christ the persecuted stand-in for the American people. In 2019, Trump tweeted a pic of himself with the words, in reality, they're not after me, they're after you. I'm just in the way. Watch what he said in 2020. I'm the only thing standing between the American dream and total anarchy, madness, and chaos. And that's what it is. I'm representing you. I'm just here. Earlier this month, early part of March, here's what he had to say. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, 
I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. That's Trump nailing himself to the cross, and, and many people believe he is their savior. He's not. Trump has a savior complex. We need him to adopt a sacrifice and repentance complex. He needs to embrace the cross. We all do. Anyone with a sincere interest in saving America has to be willing to embrace persecution. That's the time we're living in. It's the time we created. I'm no different from Donald Trump. I took American freedom for granted. I reveled in the, in the secular pleasures America affords in abundance and ignored the doings of the people who despise this country's founding documents, principles, and values. My negligence, irresponsibility, and immorality contributed to the eradication of Judeo-Christian culture in America. I'm not alone. Neither is Donald Trump. All but a tiny, tiny handful of American men lost the plot, abandoned our posts, and surrendered the entire culture to secular elites. Trump isn't Jesus. He's justice an un, un, unprecedented and corrupt cabal of Romans, Jewish leaders, Herod, and the people of Israel has nailed Trump to a cross to the left of Christianity. And rather than humble himself and repent, Trump is demanding he be removed from the cross. Justice told Christ, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. To the right of Jesus was Decimus. He told Christ, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's what we need to hear from Donald Trump and all men. We need to acknowledge that our sin created this American mess. That's what Trump doesn't seem to, doesn't seem capable of realizing. He's 100% accurate about the corruption of the political swamp and the wickedness of his political enemies. Alvin Bragg is a pawn for George Soros and the Democrat Party. The allegations against Trump pale in comparison to the money China and Ukraine allegedly funneled Joe and Hunter Biden. Trump's illicit sexual misbehavior is tame in comparison to Bill Clinton's extramarital activity and the claims Biden's daughter made against her father in her diary. Corporate media is the definition of fake news. Trump is right about all of it, but he's yet to realize his sin empowers their sins. He's being silenced by his sin. Any man who says he loves America and isn't repenting from and abandoning his sin doesn't really love America. He loves himself. He's made himself an idol. He loves his sin more than he loves his country. He doesn't really care about what type of country he leaves his children and grandchildren. There are too many American men who love America's fruit and are indifferent about or hostile toward the tree. The American tree is the Bible-inspired text contained within the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. 
leftists are hostile towards the tree. Conservatives are indifferent about the tree. Everybody wants the fruit. Few want to defend, protect, and honor the tree with obedience to God's will. Now we can sit around and get upset about the people that are hostile towards the tree. I think I'd prefer hostility to indifference. There are many of us that know better and we're, we've been indifferent and we remain indifferent about protecting that tree. We're not in position to defend God's will and America's founding principles because our lives are too sinful. We live in fear of being exposed for our secret sins. We need to repent and obey. My philosophy the last five years has been bearing witness requires courage, not perfection. I'm not going to allow my sin to stop me from testifying about Jesus Christ. People who don't believe in God have weaponized sin to silence believers. In the age of social media, surveillance, camera phones, and internet tracking, sexual sin is easily discoverable. That's why the left promotes sexual immorality. It's leverage. Secular elites are leveraging Trump's sexual sin to eliminate him as a political threat. He must repent. We all must repent. On April 15th in Nashville, I'm hosting a men's summit. We're going to repent. We're going to remind each other of what we must do if we're really serious about saving this country. It starts with acknowledging our role in destroying America and committing to avoiding the mistakes that got us here. Please visit our website, Fearless Army, rollcall.com. I'd love for Donald Trump to join us in Nashville. I'd love to explain to him that he and I earned the nails in our hands and feet and the crown of thorns on our head. Does everybody get where I'm coming from on this? You can't at this point, if it's not crystal clear to you, we cannot save this country and protect our sin. We, we can't. I, I, I love all the people that slap on an American flag or talk about how much they love this country. But what are you willing to do for this country? What are you willing to do to protect your kids and grandkids so that they grow up in a country that still has a respect for freedom. What are you willing to do? Complain? Is that what you're willing to do? Tweet? That's what you're willing to do? That doesn't take much, that's easy. You wanna put it on someone else? Well, if we just had the right politician, we don't have the right politician because we're in no position to demand the right politicians because we're so filled with sin. I'm talking about every single one of us. Every single, you can put yourself on some high, it ain't me, yes it is, it is you. If you don't see that it's you, you're the problem. Those, uh, it is, 
The guys that founded this country and wrote up those documents, they were flawed sinners like everybody else except for Jesus. But they tried and, and with those documents lived up to the principles in that Bible. And, and, and all the good, everything that you love about America comes from those documents and those biblically inspired words in those documents. And so unless we're willing to commit to our biblical responsibilities as men, as believers, we're not going to fix this country. This country would not exist and all the freedoms that we enjoy and the fruit that you enjoy and the lifestyle that you enjoy, none of it would be possible if not for Jesus Christ and the guys that founded this country having a commitment. Don't listen to the lies. Oh, slavery invalidates everything. That's a lie. Those documents they formulated ended slavery, made slavery's ending inevitable. America fought a war because of those documents and men sacrificed their lives because of those documents to end slavery. Slavery didn't end over in Africa. The, the allegedly superior Africans over in some other continent, they didn't quit selling slaves. America fought a war and quit buying slaves. This whole, this motherland garbage of all oh my, if, if we had never been taken out of Africa, you know what? They'd still be capturing many of us and selling us into slavery because it's still going on. Christianity ended slavery. And our abandonment of Christianity is going to destroy America and is destroying America right before our eyes. And we're too selfish to not make some sacrifices and live righteously so that some folks after us, some young people after us can enjoy what we enjoy. What could be more selfish? And so what, what I, I, I don't have a big problem with Donald Trump. I do have a big problem with his selfish, prideful attitude. If that man's not smart enough to wake up and realize, oh, my God, I need to repent. And every man in this country needs to repent because our lust, our sin opened the door for all of this craziness. We got drag queens at schools and libraries because of us. Us. I'm pointing at me. For those of you listening at Apple. We did this. We can be all mad at the leftists. They've declared what team they're on. They're on Satan's team. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Are we doing what we're supposed to do? Because if we were doing what we're supposed to do, we'd wipe them right off. They'd have no influence. 
or a lot less than they have right now, and they're running everything if we did what we were supposed to do. Repent, confess our sins, and do better. Obey. I am no one's role model, but I'm just that's what I've been trying to present and convey here on this show with my actions and with this show. I, I, I left California because I had to escape that sexual lust that was constantly baiting me. I had to get somewhere where it was easier for me to get close to Jesus and, and make some sacrifices and fight those demons. I'm not putting myself on a, some sort of pedestal because I don't deserve it. I, I'm just telling you there's some sacrifices we have to make. And those of you just waiting for it to go away. And think you're good. You, you know how long we've been waiting? I can remember four years ago, five years ago, I was out in L.A. and I was talking to a buddy, like-minded guy, and he was like, we were sitting there debating. When was it going to end, all this crazy left leftist stuff? And we were saying, oh, maybe a year or two, then it's going to boomerang. And there's a, It's not going to end until we make it end by... Discipline, disciplining ourselves. We keep trying to discipline them. It's on us. We have to, every man listening to this, has to repent and obey. So I really want you guys here in Nashville with me on April 15th because we're going to do a lot of repenting. And I, I hope anybody watching this or anybody that reads the column that I wrote, send it to Donald Trump. We got to wake this dude up. He is not Jesus. He's sitting on that cross like justice. That's for those of you that aren't into the Bible. Justice is the guy who was to the left of Jesus. There was three guys that got crucified the day on Good Friday. Jesus in the middle, and to the left of him was this dude, Justice. He was a thief, G-E-S-T-A-S. And to the right of him was a guy, Dismas, D-I-S-M-A-S. Both of them thieves. Both of them convicted by these corrupt Romans and uh, the people of Israel. And, and the one dude wouldn't repent and just told you, hey, get me up off this cross, you the Messiah. Get me up off this cross. Save us and save yourself. And the other dude was far more humble, accepted Jesus as the Messiah and said, hey, man, when you get to the kingdom, don't forget your boy. And that's what happened. Jesus didn't forget his boy. But just and again, Trump's acting like justice. He ain't got nothing to repent for. And as long as he doesn't repent. He's going to be unqualified to do this saving of the country that you all are hoping he's going to do. Alvin Bragg, all these people, they're wicked. George Soros, they're wicked. I expect that. They're not changing direction. Not, you can run out in the street and protest all you want. They're going to be sitting back laughing 
wait and, and send some Ray Epps into the crowd to, to arrest all of y'all or to get you to do something silly and stupid and arrest all of you. Get somewhere and start talking to Jesus and start repenting and start leading a more transparent life so you can really fight these folks. Uh, go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Come join us in Nashville. Put, put, invite Trump. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to send this out to people that I know are close to Trump. I put it out over social media, uh, and I'm dead serious about inviting Trump. Cause my God, does that man need to repent? He, he, he reminds me so much of myself, filled with pride. And, and again, he's on a completely different level, obviously, financially and pride-wise and just what's at stake. But, but he, he does, his salvation will come through repentance. That's when this madness will stop, when he calls on Jesus. As long as he keeps calling on himself and, and wanting to throw y'all out there as a heat shield, y'all come. Remember what happened last time he protested? There's people, he and again, that was a setup. I'm not blaming Trump, but he put a lot of people's in harm's way on January the 6th and let the evil, wicked people lock them in dungeons that they're still locked in, uprooted, upset, and ruined a lot of people's lives. The wicked people did. Trump put them in harm's way because he doesn't want to repent and point them to God. That's how we fix this country. Uh, Royce White is going to join us, and, and then T.J. Moe. Royce White next. It's my obligation on hate discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. Atheists, the secular world, the culture, uses our imperfection, our sins to take, shut up. You, you're, you can't stand on truth. And if all it was was imperfection, it eliminated us from standing on truth, this would be a very quiet place. I'm trying to be as loud as I can and as transparent as I can to try to inspire other men. We know you're imperfect, you know you're imperfect. God's grace and mercy, mercy gives you the right to stand on his truth and to speak that loudly into the culture and we, we have to do that. You can look around and say, these guys have taken over everything. They own the CDC, the NIH, they got the president. Is transgender surgery for children? Colleges today are nothing but leftist indoctrination centers working fully against the Bible. What's the alternative? So you're gonna stop fighting today and you're gonna let the government raise your kids? And you're gonna turn around and let them chop off your 12-year-old daughter's breasts and let them sterilize your son and tell him that he's a girl? And you're gonna let them make the Bible hate speech? You're the last line of defense here because nobody else is gonna do it and God's gonna walk with you. This is literally worth dying for. Absolutely. I'm telling you, so it's like everybody, it's a nice little metaphor. This is it. If there's a hill to die on, this is it. The Overton window has been moved right in front of our children's bedrooms. And there are all types of people that are trying to climb up in the ladder. And every good father should be on his post so that when they peek their head up over the, the window sill, you kick the ladder back down, let them know, you move on to the other house because we're not playing that around here. Sometimes just standing up, just saying, no, we're not going to do that. Not my marriage, not my kids, not my family, not my community, not my church, not my city. Just declaring that, that's victory enough in prepping 
his disciples. He tells Peter, he's like, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. We're gonna face some ups and downs in life and we're not gonna always get it together. But if we stay on the path, if we stay chasing after, running after Jesus, running after his way, he's even praying for us. Now, I, I like it when you pray for me, Jason and TJ, I appreciate that, but to have Jesus pray for me, that makes me feel pretty good. When you make it through this sifting process, go back and strengthen your brothers. So we all have a responsibility as men. Once he's delivered me through this, I have a responsibility to go back and bring some other folk out. You do a roll call to just let people know you're not alone, be confident in your position, and we're gonna inspire you. We're gonna eat, fellowship, listen to some music. It's gonna be the first of many roll calls that we do. So we're looking for soldiers. We're gonna put out our best uh, recruiting pitches for soldiers. Roll out to Minneapolis, bring in our main man Royce White to uh, unpack these allegations and possible indictment of President Trump on a bigger, grander level. Royce, uh, what do you make of, of the potential arrest and prosecution of Donald Trump on some kind of tax violation? It's a misdemeanor that they want to blow up into a felony. There are people out there that say that this is all just a distraction from the bank failures. What's your take and what's going on? I mean, we're living in the throes of tyranny now. Um, the fog of war, the law of unintended consequences, but ultimately we're living in the throes of tyranny. And um, I mean, the American people, all of us out there, we have to, we, we've come to a crossroads where we have to make the decision of whether or not we want to be citizens or do we want to be serfs in a tributary state. Um, and the tributary state will be China, but ultimately the tributary state will be towards an anti-God uh, civilization, global, uh, global state. Um, you know, it, 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 it bothers me. And I, I'm not Donald Trump's biggest fan. I support Donald Trump's candidacy in 2024. Uh, I think that he was a deviation from the corrupt norm in D.C. And I think that he has uh, the right the, the right direction in mind for this country. But I'm not Donald Trump's biggest fan by any stretch of the imagination. But what bothers me is that anybody would be stupid enough or dumb enough to allow the mainstream media industrial complex to use Donald Trump as a scapegoat to take their rights, to take their freedom, to, to, to have them voluntarily trade their freedom for security and materialism. And this is on both sides of the aisle. Look, I'm, I'm in the grassroots of the Republican Party, and I can hear all the Republicans, all the conservatives from the party running for the center, Ron DeSantis this, Ron DeSantis that. Um, this, this is a cowardice. If we allow a kangaroo court to uh, weaponize a court uh, and, and target political opponents or dissidents, we're no longer living in America. The republic has failed. And the next question is, uh, what, what do we do about that? 
I, I hate to put you on the spot like this and make this comparison because I didn't give you any warning that I was going to make this comparison. But it was, it was something that was running through my mind as I wrote my column today. And I look at Steve Bannon, who's faced this type of persecution. Mm-hmm. And basically, Steve Bannon was like, hey, remember me uh, <laughs> in the kingdom when you get there. He's, he, he didn't beg to get up off the cross. He didn't, you know, he ain't run, telling people run out in the streets and protest and do X, Y, and Z for me. To me, Nothing but respect for me in the way Steve Bannon has handled his persecution. He's almost, to me, he's come across like he's looking forward to it. It's proof that he's on the right side of this argument, that he is being persecuted. And when I compare it to Trump, That's what makes me disappointed in Trump. I I see Steve Bannon, someone grounded in faith, and and I know that'll be my critics or people, they'll find that hard to hear and believe because Steve Bannon's been painted as, you know, one of the worst people on the planet, but he's not. He's just, he's a believer with a a set. And, And I just wish Donald Trump had Steve Bannon's mindset. Well, you know, this is a slippery slope. Um, Christ came with a mission. If you're a Christian, you you believe that that Christ's life and his eventual um, uh, crucifixion was a mission ordained by by God. He was the only begotten son. And so um, there was an inevitability of, of Christ's mission and, and a hidden choice in the, in the free will of man, um, that is very complex to try and consider looking back. Right. I mean, had the Jews of the time or the would be Christians of the time stood up and said, you know what, we're not going to allow the Romans. We're not going to allow the Pharisees to crucify Christ. We're going to die here and now because of our belief in Christ. Would the mission have been fulfilled? These are very high level theological questions. Um, I think ultimately the outcome of Christ's crucifixion um, should 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 leave us in a position spiritually as Christians where we understand that that sacrifice was already made. Now, that's not to say there's not huge value in picking up your cross and accepting the suffering that is humanity uh, and the human condition. But it's to say that there is a line we must draw. There is a definitive line out there in the in the sand that we must draw and that we we must not allow. We we should not allow ourselves to be persecuted and crucified. And I love Steve to death. Steve is a mentor and a friend of mine. But the whole time Steve was taking his 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 persecution the way he did, I was right there on the phone with him saying, "We're not going to stand for this." It's his. It, it's a. It's good for a leader to accept their crucifixion because the message they leave behind is that whether or not I'm able to come out the other side of this, I want it to be known that I understood what I was doing, what I was getting into. So I respect that as well. But the question for us as the people is a much, much different question and a much different proposition. And I like when Donald Trump said, and you you mentioned in your column, they're not after him, they're after us. And we should all take it that way. And whether or not Donald Trump accepts his crucifixion uh, uh, the way that we we would think that he should in a Christ-like way, the question really is, are we going to allow our federal government do this to us? I I hear you, but I, I guess I just believe 
that uh, they're not even they're not after me. I, I they're they're after the eradication of Christianity from American and global culture. They're after Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I don't take anything personally. And 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 I and and I think Steve Bannon, perhaps I don't want to speak for him, but perhaps he believes the same thing as me. It's like when I'm sitting here standing up for Jesus and they persecute me, it's a good thing. Yeah, that was predicted. And, and, right. and I have to be I have to be willing to pay that price, uh, you know, to back up my beliefs. And, and I need to be in. And so if, if Donald Trump took the same posture as Steve Bannon, it would compel me to fight for Donald Trump even more. And, and so when I the way Steve Han, Bannon handled it was inspiring to me. It's like, whoo, yeah, he's he's yeah. down for the play. He's willing to man. I better get to his level. I, I, I need to be, you know, whatever comes, I need to be willing to accept. It inspired me when I see someone, you know, telling people to run out in the street and protest after what we just saw in January on January 6th, where people are still locked in dungeons. People already ran out in the streets and are locked in dungeons. And so I'm just telling you, for me. If I'm Donald Trump, and this sounds easy for me, and it is easy for me to say because I don't have a wife and kids, but I would be like, yeah, put me in that cell next to QAnon Shaman, and and let's get on with it. Um, I, I hear you. Yeah, no, I hear you 100. percent And you know, I think, I think what 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 is overlooked in a conversation like this is just who Steve Bannon really is. I mean, Steve Bannon is a is a Steve Bannon is an inspirational figure by inspirational figures standard. He's in a league of his own. And the the things that he's done, the things that he's seen and what he's been willing to risk in order to push this movement forward are unquantifiable. It, it can't even be calculated. And Donald Trump, and I, I love, I had Alex Jones on the podcast this past Friday, and he and he described it perfectly. He said, you know, Donald Trump is a surfboard rider. He's riding the wave, but they're not afraid of, of Donald Trump or the surfer. They're afraid of the wave itself. Um, but, but I also think that with, that with with that being said, Donald Trump plays a very unique role in being the, f- the figurehead of this wave. And, um, you know, it brings up a very important question about leadership and what's the proper mode of leadership. I think Steve Bannon, as a, as a happy warrior, as he would call it, uh, understands his role as a support as a supporting role, as a soldier. And that's why he's never really betrayed Donald Trump's, uh, his allegiance to Donald Trump, even when Donald Trump has said, uh, you know, negative things about him, he's continued to stay loyal. I mean, he has an entire podcast and one of the biggest shows in the world, most downloaded shows in the world that supports Donald Trump's candidacy and movement 100%. And, and you know, Bannon was kicked out of off the administration, which I don't know, you know, I that's another story entirely, but but certainly there's been strife between Bannon and Donald Trump's inside circle. But Donald Trump's in a different position, in my opinion. Donald Trump is a reflection of the anomaly that was America in the Western civilization's history. And and if you if you look at it that way, see a lot of us, not you, but just a lot of us in general. We, we see America as, as this, um, 
for all of its flaws. But I don't see America that way. I think America is an example of an anomaly in human history where man organized together in the cracks, in the cracks of, of, of governance and politics to take a stand for an agrarian lifestyle, a nation of shopkeepers lifestyle, a God Christian based lifestyle. And the, the, um, the survival of America, the the accomplishments of America cannot all be thrown on satanic, corrupt technological advancement. Christianity as a railhead of Americans, America's direction also must be um, given credit for what America has become. And this is a great nation. This is why all these other people in all these other countries would love to come live here. They would surrender their citizenship in all these other countries in a heartbeat to become an American citizenship a citizen. And they show that one at our Texas border, but all across the world. Um, and, and much of the world follows America's rule. I mean, America's guidance in terms of economy and all these other things. China, China wouldn't be China unless America showed it how to be. Right. China had no clue how to be the center of manufacturing unless we sent our money in there to build one belt, one road and backstop the Chinese economy with our consumerism. And I say that because America is a is a bastion of something much greater than just another country on the geopolitical stage. And as such, I think Donald Trump's role to speak the way he's speaking, to sound the alarm uh, is, is warranted and justified. I mean, who else would we need to be arrested by these kangaroo courts for us to to accept our own cross? For you know, don't protest. And I love Steve, but Steve said don't protest the other day. I disagree with Steve, and I love him to death, like family. But I, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think I think the conservative movement has sat in the shadows long enough and let Black Lives Matter be the symbol of protest and demonstration in this country. And it disgusts me. It really does. Because what we really should be talking about here, and let's let's take it to a different level. We talk a lot about globalism on this show. But in the Bible, it, it prophesizes a time of Christian globalism. It's not globalism that's the problem. It's satanic globalism that's the problem. It's a corrupt, wicked, evil-spiritedness globalism that's the problem. The Bible pro- pro- prophesizes that Christian globalism will come. A thousand years of Christ- Christ- Christendom. And in order for us to achieve that against a satanic, a global satanic world order, Christians all across this country should be out in the streets with ministry and, 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 and Bibles, and they, should, and they should stay in the street. Where, where, where do you have to be? What's so important to you? What's more important than your freedom, your citizenship, your ability to, to, to worship? What's more important than that? What's more important than your kids being indoctrinated in, in satanic cults? I mean, what more do you have to do? Not you, but I mean all of us all across the country. And it's it's for that that we should hit the streets, not Donald Trump personally or his relationship with Stormy or it's it's that George Soros gave money to the district attorney's campaign that is now prosecuting a a, a case or trying to prosecute an indictment against a political candidate who has explicitly made his Christian platform known. It's an attack on Christianity. And for that reason, we should be in the streets the same way we should have when they crucified Christ. So, so Royce White is 30 or 31 years old. And you're aware of the time we're in and what should be happening. Steve Bannon is 60 some odd years old. He's aware of the time that we're in and what should be happening. 
This is my problem with Donald Trump. It's so obvious the time we're in and what should be happening. I, what you just said is what I want to hear from Trump. And the yeah, only way you no hear from Trump is if it starts with repentance. Hey, guys, I lived a very sexually promiscuous life. They're using it to try to uh, browbeat me into quitting and blah, blah, blah. God, I apologize for all of that. The, the, yeah. the, Take it all off the table, because it's just like when people uh, show pictures of me in Vegas partying with girls. I just laugh. I say, "Yeah, that that was me. That ain't me now." And and you know, just it's comical to me. So they can't use it against me, and so they don't. And 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 so I'm just if Royce knows, Steve Bannon knows, Jason Whitlock knows what time it is. Why doesn't Donald Trump? It's see, that's why I'm sitting there saying he's on the cross. The, the guy to the right is like, oh, boy, I see what time it is. Jesus, I'm down with you. Don't forget me, homie. <laughs> Justice is over there like, no, nah, man, get me up off here. How come Donald Trump can't see what time it is? That, that's my problem. And, and I, look, Donald Trump is a flawed is a flawed individual, and we all are. And I can't speak to what I would do under that type of scrutiny at that age. We also got to remember, Donald Trump is not young. He's not a young man. I mean, the prospect of death, the prospect of death for men over seventy years old, and the the spiritual, uh, the spiritual, philosophical, intellectual, existential terror that that brings and, and proposition that that brings is unique in and of itself. I can speak this way as a 31 year old man because I have youth on my side or a, a version of youth on my side. Although, according to this, many of us all could come to face the axe in short enough order. Um, but I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think there are things that Donald Trump should and could say that would reflect uh, leadership, a, a, a stronger, more convicted version of leadership, no doubt. Um, I tend to, you know, I tend to not focus on the individuals in times like these because I understand the prospect of citizenship and the power of we the people that was set up by our founding fathers and the abnegation of that that citizenship that has allowed this whole thing to take place. Right. So that's just where my focus kind of leans towards is how, how did we get here? How could we allow this? You know, how, how could we even why should he, he why should he even have to speak? At this point, and don't get me wrong, I know we're always going to have leaders and we need leaders. But at some point, the American people have to stop looking to individual leaders and take their own citizenship serious. And I said, I mean, I've been on the show since they went after Alex, since they went after Steve, since they went after Kanye, Kyrie, since they tried to go after Joe Rogan. I mean, we've, we've watched any number of public figures and celebrities face the axe. I mean, what, how many, who, who needs to go next? Is it Christ himself that has to show up and be crucified again? And the question we have to ask ourselves today is if Christ appeared, let's take Donald Trump and his flaws out of it. Do we think that we have, that we are so righteous in this radical material society and culture we build? Do we think we would stand up for Christ himself if he showed up? That's the serious question I have. Ain't about Donald Trump. I have serious doubts that if Christ himself appeared, that people would not allow him to be crucified again by the high courts of Satan. I don't have any doubt that we would sit back and do nothing. Uh, you know, and I say you, we, I'm, I'm, obviously there's exceptions. I hope, hope, you know, I wouldn't be part of that we, but yeah, I, I, listen, I, 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 cause 
what we've had is the devil show up and say, hey, I'm here. Uh, I'm at your kid's school. Uh, I got my wang wang hanging out at the library with your kids. Uh, you know, I'm going to cut off your kid, your son's penis at six and eight years old. I'm going to give him puberty. The, 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 the devil's out full flesh and, and, you know, I'm uh, take the trans issue off the table. Like, I'm gonna be, the devil came out in the streets and through convulsions. Oh, we can't kill babies on site at abortion clinics. Oh my God, this is the, that's the devil. That that's this is like if they remade the Exorcist, they should just go to an abortion rally and and show all the women and men there that are having convulsions because they can't kill babies. And so yep. the devil is and and people aren't objecting people you know there's a handful of us objecting but there's many people going to church every Sunday and Wednesday as if not well (laughs) and and as and the same people that are out in the streets uh, calling for babies to be killed in the womb and and uh, debating whether what is a man and what is a woman they consider them allies that's their allies. The LGBT, the alphabet, that's their allies. We're all in this together. And and so whether Jesus ever comes back in our lifetime and says, hey, here I am, the devil has come out and said, hey, here I am. And people are like, hey, what's up, bro? You going to the club tonight? I'll meet you there. <laughs> and so I, I have low expectations for us right now. Well, I mean, the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I and I tend to tend to believe that that's in the final analysis. But it doesn't necessarily talk about the transition to when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I think there will be a lot more rejection of of Christ and God to come, especially by the signs and and signals of our society today. But but even even let's take the religion aside. Let's, Let's just talk about people's citizenship. I mean, we're in the middle of a bank crisis. We're in the middle of one of the most significant financial collapses in history. The proposition of nuclear war is there. And now China's going to come in and they're going to bless it as the peacemaker. They're going to broker peace, which brings in a whole new question about whether Russia is being guided and steered by China in the first place, which is as scary a proposition as you could possibly imagine. I need an entire hour just to break down the, the, different, uh, the, the, the different prospects of that, that whole deal. But the proposition of nuclear war is still there. The dollar hegemony is crashing. That that has implications. And 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 even worse, even worse than those two things, you got Dwayne Wade. And I say this is worse because this is actually the foreground WWE pol- politics window dressing that's meant to distract you from the whole deal. Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union accept an NAACP BET award for transgender activism. They're going to haul off a former president for Stormy Daniels or taxes or whatever, whatever kangaroo court trumped up charge they make. No pun intended. They're going to they're going to haul off a former president and they're going to tell you we're making progress because Gabriel Union can get up there on stage and give some elaborate overacting speech about transgender activism and the progress to come. I mean, how stupid. Look, it's it's an it's act Jason. 
What bothers me the most as a young man that speaks in the public that has a voice on any platform, what bothers me the most is how the lack of seriousness people have for themselves. It's actually an insult to you, regardless of it being a violation of your rights, your constitutional rights, your your rights as an individual. Aside from that, it's actually just a flat out insult to your intelligence that they would put these things in the foreground and you got 400,000 gallons of nuclear waste that leaked in Minnesota and they just now decided to tell the public about it from a power plant up here in, in Minnesota. These are the real things that are happening and they're so confident that you're a jerk off that, you know, they, they just continue, they plow forward. I mean, hey, if you, if you want to abnegate your citizenships and your rights, you're well on your way. Stay on the track you're on now. Because it's, it's happening right now today. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not two months from now. It's not a year from now. It's not 10 years from now. It's yesterday. It's happening. They're taking your rights. It's on. Royce, uh, plug your show tonight. You guys will be airing at 9 Central. Uh, what do you got cooking? 9 p.m. Central, I'm talking about this very topic, this uh, this Trump indictment or the possibility of this Trump indictment. 9 p.m. Central, YouTube, we're airing. Uh, also, will premiere on, on Rumble, and, and I'm positive that War Room will be uh, streaming it live on Getter as well. And that's Please Call Me Crazy. Correct? Please Call YouTube. Me Crazy. Com, please Call Me Crazy. Yeah. Please Call Me Crazy. Right. Thank you, Roy. It's please, it's please with a comma. Don't forget the comma. It's please. Call me crazy. Whoa, 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 but not in the YouTube address, though. No, not in the YouTube address. But when don't you say it, people. When, don't, when, don't. You, when you say it like a tribe called Quest, you got to say it the right way. Please call me crazy. Perfect. But when you punch it into YouTube, don't use a comma. Just please call <laughs> just, me crazy. Just put it in right, Royce Thank White. you. Oh, well, all right. I, now you don't confuse me. All right, we got to go. I'm on break. TJ Mo. Hey, before I go. I need 5,000 likes. Hit them likes. All right, TJ Moe next. All right, welcome back. Going to roll out to St. Louis, Missouri. Bring in our man, TJ Moe. TJ, you just heard me and Royce uh, chopping it up about Donald Trump. I want to start you with this clip of Donald Trump when he was asked point blank, and I'm not, I'm not sure, maybe you'll remember the time frame on this, but he was asked point blank about has he ever sought forgiveness for any of his mistakes from God and and this is what I think is at the heart of uh, Donald Trump's problems. Anyway, let's play the clip. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think I, if, I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. Now, when I take, you know, when we go in church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed, okay? But, uh, you know, to me, that's important. I do that. But in terms of officially, I should, I, see, I could say absolutely, and everybody, I don't think in terms of that. I, I think in terms of let's go on and let's make it right. 
And, and so, look, Trump has never portrayed himself as some sort of expert on Christianity or even all that concerned with it. As I just explained to Royce, though, it's so obvious what time we're living in. And, and to see someone as savvy as Trump and who's at the center of a persecution that he should be realizing isn't even about him. And I know that's very difficult when you're in the middle of that storm. But it's really not about him. We're in a battle of good versus evil. And I'm just disappointed that we're not seeing Donald Trump lean into faith and a better understanding of God in the times we're in. Uh, he, he just he sees himself as the victim here and is persecuted. And, and, and I don't know, I admit pride is perhaps standing in the way. Well, what do you see? That was Trump at the Family Leadership Summit 2015. So he actually said that even before he got a lot to go. I, I see Trump as a guy who is feeling so much of what Christians are longing for in strength and in fearlessness. And he's missing the third piece of that. And there's I guess, way more than three pieces, but the third piece is humility. But what we get on the Christian side so much is only the humility and no strength. And so this is why I was so attracted to Trump. I'm telling you, I'm, look, I've been a Trump guy from day one. When the primary came around in 2016 and Ted Cruz was still in it, a guy who I probably agree with more on a policy to policy basis, I voted for Trump for that reason. This was a guy that emits strength. He understands, He's, he has no fear. He understands what we're up against and that the only way to defeat it is this strength. And this, this is biblical, Second Chronicles 15, 7. But as for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. Proverbs 28, 1, and this is the big issue with Christians. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Christians are supposed to be bold as a lion. Donald Trump is bold as a lion. So that is really attractive to a lot of evangelical voters. But his issue is that his pride gets in the way. What he's saying when he says, hey, they're not after me, they're after you, I'm just in the way. That's another way of saying, you need me. And I don't need Donald Trump. I need God. I need a man who's willing to fight for God's purpose and fight to preserve Christianity in America. Trump wants you to think you need him. And I promise you, I don't need Donald Trump. He could die tomorrow and somebody else would step in. That's true for every last one of us. We are not needed. God doesn't need each one of us. Loves to have us. We're, ch we're children of God, but we don't need him. And he walks around as though we need him. And there's so many Bible verses. Open up Proverbs, Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, who was given that wisdom directly from God. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. What, what are we seeing here? This is destructive behavior directly from his pride. Proverbs 11, 2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Well, so you have to then ask the question, can you have wisdom without humility? Because I don't see a lot. And do I want a guy continuing to run our country who doesn't have wisdom? That seems problematic. You know, Proverbs 16, 5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. Scripture is laced with what God thinks 
of people who have pride and just the natural ramifications of pride. You know, as we just saw, we have Trump on video saying that he's never asked for forgiveness. That is so crazy to me. And then you try to get in those shoes and you say, it makes some sense because people who do not think that they need to ask for forgiveness from God don't recognize their sinful condition. And now it all makes sense because Trump doesn't understand that he's really done anything wrong. Everything's a witch hunt. Everything's fake news. There is no moment where Trump looks and says, you know, I do think this is a political hit job. They would never be going after me like this over the equivalent of 65,000 tax dollars. But what he could say is, I also didn't have to sleep with a prostitute or a porn star and pay her off. That seems like a Donald Trump problem. Seems like something I could acknowledge. But his pride gets in the way and he says, I didn't do anything wrong. This is a political hit job. Remember, they're not after me, they're after you. They're just trying to take me down. You need me. And he goes on and on. And so, it, you know, the, there are people in the Bible, King Nebuchadnezzar is one of them. There's, there, there is some ba- debate over this, but, you know, there, there, there is scripture that more or less states he was an instrument of God before he ever acknowledged God. And God was using him to bring judgment against Israel. Right. And, and he was actually being used like it is quite clear that somebody who is not a Christian was one of the more prideful people in all of Scripture. He was being used for a purpose. So it's not that God can't use Donald Trump. But my issue is I don't want to be led by a King Nebuchadnezzar. I want to be led by a guy who is open to hearing from God and directing us into the, the, the proper place. God is not using Donald Trump to elevate Donald Trump. That's what Trump wants. And I don't want that. God, I want God to use someone who can point us back to him. And so I love these first two pieces of Donald Trump. He's fearless and he is strong, but he's got no humility. And that seems very problematic as we go into hopefully another four years of at least conservative control. And right now he's the leader in the clubhouse. But you see a guy like Ron DeSantis and even his his um, response today, where he's like, he, he actually, <laughs> I thought this was a kind of clever way of taking a shot without taking a shot. He was pointing out that the man, Manhattan DA, that was a political hit job, and you know he's taking felonies and making a misdemeanors. He's letting people roam the streets. Did all the good proper stuff, calling it a political hit job. But he did make sure to put in there. And look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence in some type of alleged affair. I can't speak on that. What he's saying is this is a seriously flawed individual, and I might be a better choice to lead our country. So I want to play that clip from DeSantis, uh, and I was going to play it and get your reaction, but let's play the clip from DeSantis. In terms of um, we are not involved in this, won't be involved in this. Uh, I have no interest in getting involved in some type of manufactured circus by some Soros DA, okay? He's trying to do a political spectacle. He's trying to virtue signal for his base. 
Uh, I've got real issues I got to deal with here in the state of Florida. We're obviously shutting down uh, CBDC, which is important. We've got so many things pending in front of the legislature. Uh, I've got to spend my time on issues that actually matter to people. Uh, I can't spend my time uh, worrying about uh, things, things of that nature. So, so we're not going to be involved in it in any way. Um, I'm fighting for Floridians, and I'm fighting back against Biden. That's what I do every single day. So I've seen some people, Matt Walsh being at the top of the list, uh, say that he thinks DeSantis made a mistake here, that he should say, hey, I'm not going to extradite Trump on some bogus BS. Do you think DeSantis has made a political mistake here? Yeah, Royce would tell you yes, certainly, and that, you know, that would be his way of protesting in the street. Um, I, I don't know enough about I'm, I'm, I'm not a political savant. And so I, I would just tell you, this is a guy who has been very disciplined and not punching back at Donald Trump over and over and over. Trump sits there on True Social every day and makes sure to take his shots at DeSantis. And so it's probably pretty difficult for a guy like that to stand up there and defend him in that way. Um, that you could argue is DeSantis's pride getting in the way. You know, the 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 argument um, is how do we want all of this to work? Right. Not just politically, but legally, because the same stuff could have been done by Hillary Clinton. Many things were done by Hillary Clinton and they didn't prosecute. And so now it's happening again, only because he's running for president. We're aware of that. And so are you willing to step in and use your power to stop that? I think there's an argument to be made on either side, but I can certainly see why Ron DeSantis would not be willing to extend an arm for a guy that's been punching in the face for the last two months. So here's the mistake I think Trump is making and we, we don't have this particular piece of video, but th there's a video that's popular today on social media from Anthony Fauci out in D.C., still trying to push the vaccine. He's it's in D.C., so he's out in the black community going door to door. And a black man shut down Fauci big time and <laughs> argued with him on his front step and, you know, shutting down big time. And it's, it's just clear as day the Democrats have a problem with black men in particular. And, and, and I've just dealt with so many of my friends who, who just Trump's immorality uh, and, and some of his personal behavior is their big problem. It, it, it's, it's when they're arguing with their wives or girlfriends, they don't have a defense for him on that. And that's why I keep saying someone needs to tell Trump or someone needs to help Trump understand that again, if the, there's not a sin Donald Trump has committed that I haven't. And a lot of people I know have committed those sins, sins letting their lust get in the way of their better decision making. And I'm not talking about cheating on your wife or anything, but sexual promiscuity is sexual promiscuity. And, and that's why I'm saying, if, if Trump were to own his mistakes in the way that you said, like, hey man, I put myself in this position, I know how rough politics is, and, and I chose to get in it, I knew that they would use 
the mistakes I've made in my past against me. I got to cop to all that. I got to repent for all that. I'm a new man and I want to be judged as a new, again, he needs to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal savior, be reborn. And then I think, I think this, there will be people that are skeptical, but it opens the door for a lot of black men and just a lot of people to, to take the sin off the table by acknowledging it and repenting from it and just ask to deal with me on a policy basis. Are you satisfied with the direction this country is going? Do you not see how these open borders are killing our country? Do you not see that no one is standing up for your kids in the classroom and for you as parents in the classroom? Do you not see that they're trying to destroy this country? I think people would be able to hear him better if he acknowledged his sin and he's, because he chose to be a public figure and a politician, he's got to do it publicly in my view. That, that's not the case for everybody, but he has to do that. And then I think he would be surprised at how many people would say, you know what, Don't, not my favorite cup of tea, but Lord have mercy, look at this other garbage we're dealing with. I got to hop on board with him. I think in order to acknowledge your sin and for it to actually be removed from the table, you have to turn from that sin and at least be attempting to no longer participate in it. And I'm not sure he's there. I think he became the most powerful person in the world and he got addicted to that power and not just the power, but the um, being that, that sort of notoriety and attention. And so... It, you know, it kills him to not be able to just call a press conference and be on every major network in the world, you know, in the world. <laughs> this guy had at the he could tweet something at 3 a.m. while he was on the toilet and the whole world had to talk about it, you know, because, wow, Trump, Trump, you never know with him in the red button. Trump could give you the nuke at any time. You got to be on them. So I, I don't know that you, I, there were 2016. I think he had less pride than he has today. He didn't know if he was going to win the presidency. He didn't know if he, you know, he was, he was a businessman. And then overnight he became the most powerful person in the world. And that status is crippling for some people. And I, I think it's crippled him to some degree that I, I just, I don't think he's capable, Jason, of doing what you said in your monologue. In essence, admitting I have behaved in a way that I am not proud of because I don't know that he's not proud of it. Right. If, if this guy won't ask for forgiveness, he just says, well, you know, I'll do, I'll do better, I guess, if you didn't like that. Or do you want some more money? I can do that. This time I'll, I'll write it off properly so I won't get any trouble. I, I don't know that he sees himself as a sinner who needs a savior. I think he thinks because he's generous, and I do believe that he is, and that he's done things for people with his money, with his status. I'm sure he's helped a lot of people. I'm certain of it. I've read plenty of stories that he thinks that offsets his own depravity. And it's not true. I don't think he's capable of saying, I'm not proud of the way that I behaved. I've contributed to this culture. I, I am, as somebody who went on Oprah 
and was on the different shows and always had a new piece of candy on my arm every time you saw me out. And I've had several different wives and I've paid for a lot of abortions and I've paid for a lot of hush money. I've contributed to that. I'm not proud of it. I'm turning from that. And I would be honored to be your president while we all work through this together. I'd love that. I don't think he's capable of it. I, I'm, I'm asking sincerely and naively, just like, how do we get him there? And, and I, I, it's like I put in my mono and in the column, like, dude, come to Nashville. You know, get out of your echo chamber. Come, I know I'm nobody. I know, you know, we're nobody. But I, I just wish that he could – I wish I, I sincerely am inviting him to Nashville for our roll call. I, I want anybody watching this that has access to him, even if it's just over True Social or Twitter, what, send him the column, send him the message, email him, call him, because it doesn't make him a terrible person that – He's been involved in things that haven't been good, but as long as if he's going to be unwilling to repent, he just can't. He can't. He can't fix this country. He can't be a part of the solution. He he had a little moment, uh, you know, for four years, and it's great. I'm not diminishing being president for four years, but look, if he had had real impact. We wouldn't be where we're at right now. You can blame that on Joe Biden or you can blame it on like, hey, what did I do wrong that even made Joe Biden a possibility? What did I do wrong that allowed them to paint me in a way that people were willing to harvest ballots and do all kinds of illegal things to put the other guy in office? Again, that, that's the question. He shouldn't be looking at like, man, look what all the evil stuff they did. What did I do to make people take those kind of risks and believe they were doing the right thing. What did I do? And, and again, it just can't be, hey, I'm a great guy. You left them the opening. And again, they, they can make anybody. They, look, they can pay Rome, the people in Rome, people in Israel, the Jewish leaders, they painted Jesus as a bad guy. And so you can do it. It can be done to anybody. But, but unlike... Trump, Jesus did nothing wrong. He didn't contribute to that. And I, I just got to get Trump to realize he played a role in that. He, he, it, it's no, and, and I say that having had the conversation with myself in terms of like, hey, there's some things I did that allowed this to happen to me and, and, and the role I played in celebrating this debaucherous culture we have. And, and it's 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 just not fair. And I, I look around, look at yourself. You're a young person and you got kids. I look at Christian and Kenny and I'm like, wow, this is the country I'm leaving to these guys. W what a disaster. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll pay a price for it. But anyway, I, I, I you know, if, if, if I take 60, if, if Trump shows up in Nashville, what are you going to say to him, TJ? <laughs> tell him that there's nothing I can tell him to notify him that he needs to shape up. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. And this is where I depart from some of our friends even here on Fearless. I believe the Holy Spirit tugs on everybody's heart, and you've got to be the one to 
say yes, and he needs to open his heart to the Holy Spirit because there's nothing T.J. Moe can say to him that's going to change his mind about what sort of person he is. But the Holy Spirit can tug on that heart. And so I, you know, he doesn't understand that this sort of turn would make him a better leader, not only a more effective leader, but just a, a better person. He'd be happier with himself. He wouldn't have to sit there all day convincing himself and telling himself how great he is because he wouldn't need to be upholding that anymore. You'd have to say, look, the only reason I'm worth anything is because Jesus calls me his child. That's it. And I'm good with that. So whatever behavioral issues I've had, whoever I've mistreated, whatever mistakes, whatever I'm going through in my marriage or with my friends or with my job, it's all good because <clears throat> I'm loved by the creator of the universe. And all I got to do to figure out what he thinks of me is to crack open that Bible. And I've repented of my sin. And so the Holy Spirit's got to get a hold of him. He seriously does. There's there's I know we don't have time to go into this, but <clears throat> there's a book on my list I have not read yet called the Gulag Archipelago. And um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn talks much of the attitude. We're telling you this wasn't about Christianity, but it was the attitude of he, this dude's in a gulag and it hit him one day. Like, what did I do to get here? And he's he spent eight years in a Russian labor camp. And, he, and the only way he made it through was to look around and be like, so how did I get here? How did I contribute to being here. Jordan Peterson talks all about this. He's the one I first heard this story from. But he's like, you know, this dude's got a lot of people to, if you want to call stuff a witch hunt or people unfair, Joseph Stalin's in charge right now. You know, Hitler just started World War II. There's a lot of people to blame, but he didn't. He looked at himself and said, what did I do? What things do I need to make right for my life? And now, again, my understanding is he didn't get all the way there. And that would be, you know, according to God's standards, not mine. And I'm repenting because God has told me to repent and I need forgiveness. So I need to make these things right. He didn't get all the way there. But what he did was free up his life to make it through those brutal eight years. And then he lived in exile for like 20 years after that. You know, he's, he was the only the only reason he was in this gulag is for writing some criticism of Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin. And that was it. It was considered propaganda, uh, anti-Russian propaganda. And so this dude, he writes a whole book and it came out, I think, in 1973 or so, writes a whole book about this. And you can see how it radically transformed his life just by getting a little bit of humility. That's what I want so badly for Donald Trump. Get a little bit of humility. And once that humility comes too, you may actually see what a sinner you are and how much you need Jesus. Come to Roll Call and find out. Thank you, TJ. Uh, We'll play tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my sister, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on a corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving all the seed when we all wanna be free We want freedom I just want, I wanna be, I just want